Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Beef Up Front podcast. This is your host, Ryan Coyle. And tonight, I'm joined by the one and only Joe Kometz, as we are going to break down the five biggest games in college football this weekend. Uh, we got four ranked-on-ranked matchup, along with one of the greatest rivalries in all of college football that we will be covering. Uh, so, Joe, it's good to have you back on the show, and how you doing? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me on. All right. Our first matchup that we'll be covering is... The 19th-ranked Virginia Tech Hokies traveling to the 8th-ranked UNC Tar Heels. As of right now, UNC is a 4.5-point favorite in this game. Joe, what are your thoughts on this matchup? I think this will be the week we really get to see how good North Carolina is. They're ranked number 8th in the country, which, I mean, you know, you don't normally expect to see the 8 next to the UNC logo, but they have a, what people are saying is a Heisman contender in Sam Howell. And they're 2-0 so far. They beat Syracuse and Boston College, but they struggled against Boston College, and they really didn't open it up against Syracuse till the second half. But they had a three-week layoff because of bye weeks, and their game against Charlotte University got canceled. So I think this will be the weekend really get to see how good UNC is. So you do you think you got Virginia Tech or UNC in this one? I have UNC winning, but I think Virginia Tech, for those who like to bet out there, will cover the four-and-a-half point spread. Yeah, I agree with you here with uh, UNC winning this football game. The uh, The main key, I think, to to winning this game for the Tar Heels, though, will be to stop the running back for Virginia Tech, Khalil Herbert, uh, averaging 12 yards a carry this year, 156 yards per game. He also has three rushing touchdowns, so a big-time explosive runner, but... Where Virginia Tech really struggles is the passing game. I think that's what makes the difference in this one. Uh, the Hokies this year are only averaging 172 passing yards per game. That's a really low number compared to uh, UNC, who's averaging 264, and they're also rushing for 168 yards per game. So North Carolina, as you were saying with Sam Howell, has a more of a balanced offense, and they also have two running backs who can who can run the ball well and uh Carter and Williams who share the ball pretty evenly in the backfield. Uh Carter has 23 rushes on the year and Williams has 25. So two guys who can run the ball pretty well uh help keep that offense balanced. So I really like UNC in this one because of that. But the main another main key in this one uh along with stopping Herbert is stopping the whole rushing game for Virginia Tech as they average a, a whopping 319 yards a game on the ground, which is good enough for third in the country. So if UNC can find a way to slow down Herbert and the rest of the Hokies rushing attack, I think they have a good shot in this one. I'm actually going to pick them to cover that four and a half point spread. So give me UNC by uh, five or more. Our next matchup that we'll be covering is, as I was talking about earlier, one of the best rivalries in college football as twenty two ranked number twenty two ranked Texas will be playing, weird to say this, an unranked Oklahoma team this week in the Red River Red River rivalry game. Uh, as of right now, Oklahoma is a two and a half point favorite, and the over under is seventy two and a half, so a pretty big over under there. What are your thoughts on this game, Joe? I think this game's gonna be really exciting because you know a lot of people are kind of overlooking this game with what has happened lately. You know, Oklahoma's lost two straight. They're 0-2 in the Big 12 for the first time since, like, 1998. And Texas being 2-1, they barely beat Texas Tech, and then they lost to TCU. But I think, I mean, I'm really excited to see uh, Spencer Rattler go up against Sam Ellinger. 
Sam Ellinger going in. Uh, I'm pretty sure he's a senior this year, right? Yeah, I yeah. think so. And then Rattler, obviously, being a true freshman. It's going to be exciting to see. Uh, this is definitely going to be an offensive game because both defenses are just awful. And I, uh, I have Oklahoma winning this game, actually. I think they're going to show people that although they lost you know, to Kansas State and Iowa State, Iowa State's currently a top 25 football team. They only have one loss to another top 25 team. And Kansas State is also 2-1. and one. So I think this will be the week Oklahoma shows that they're not as bad as their one and two record shows so far because I think Texas is uh, not as good as that uh, number 22 ranking. I'm actually going to pick Texas in this one. As you are talking about, Rattler, a real young quarterback for Oklahoma, and Ellinger, a quarterback who's been here before, played in this game many times. So uh, I like the experience factor there. Oklahoma, I wonder when the last time they lost three games in a row was. I probably got to dig pretty deep in the record books for that. But this is always a fun and exciting game, no matter who, uh, what the records are and how the teams are projected to be for the year. Always seems to come down to the wire. But I like Ellinger uh, over Rattler in this one, just based off his experience. And then you got Ingram, uh, Keontae Ingram out of the backfield for Texas, one of the better running backs in the country. Uh, and just Oklahoma just doesn't seem to be themselves this year. Obviously, a young quarterback might have something to do with that. But I like Texas. I think they have more experience than this young Oklahoma team. And just an overall better defense as well. Oklahoma hasn't been able to stop anything this year. Texas has some guys who can limit uh, what Oklahoma does on offense really well, and that's spread teams out. So Texas is also averaging 51 points per game, which is tops in the country as of right now. So I really like the Longhorns in this game. And I think, as always, it'll be close and exciting, but Longhorns by a score. Our, our third game of the week is probably the team who I think might has looked might be the best looking team right now in the country in the fourth ranked Florida Gators traveling to 21st ranked Texas A&M Aggies for a noon kickoff uh, the Gators as of right now are a six and a half point favorite what are your thoughts on uh Florida versus A&M in this one Joe I think Florida is going to absolutely destroy Texas A&M first of all with that Texas A&M it's pretty tough you know before COVID happened, people were saying this was a team based off of their schedule pre-COVID. Some people were saying they were going to start 10-0 before playing Alabama. They were saying this was a dark horse team to make the college football playoff. Obviously, with COVID, everything got rescheduled where they had an SEC-only schedule. And two of their first three games are against Bama and Florida. You know, Bama currently sitting at number two, Florida sitting at number four. It's kind of tough to really gauge how good or how bad A&M is because I feel like their week one win against Vandy, they were kind of overlooking them to prepare for Bama. So mm-hmm. they only won that game by five. But then, you know, they get rolled by Bama, whereas Florida so far has just looked absolutely dominant so far, beating this Ole Miss 51-35 and uh, beating South Carolina 30-24. And those games were not as close as those scores, like, say they were. Kyle Trask is looking like a dark horse Heisman favorite right now. Ten touchdowns, only one interception. Kyle Pitts, their tight end, is insane. He has six touchdowns, and they've only played two games so far. So I think Florida's going to absolutely destroy Texas A&M, and I don't think this game's going to be really close. Yeah, I'm definitely picking Florida here as well. I think they look the best out of any team so far in college football this year. They're like right there neck and neck with Alabama. Uh, Kellen Mond, I feel like he's a quarterback who's been at A&M forever now. Off to a pretty rough start this year, only completing 58% of his passes through two games, and he only has four touchdowns to one interception. A disappointing start to the year for him. 
Well, on the other hand, for Florida, Kyle Trask, who isn't isn't he the quarterback who never started a high school game or started like one? I think that was him last year. Was yeah, him or someone else. Like he never started until now. And now he's playing himself he into up a, to Eric King, who's yeah. in Miami right now, who we'll talk about in a bit. But he's uh, playing himself into like a first round type draft pick, completing seventy one percent of his passes, has ten touchdowns, one interception. And as you were talking about Kyle Pitts, the pride of your Archbishop Wood Vikings. 12, ca- 12 catches this year for 227 yards and six touchdowns. So he's on pace for a lot of touchdowns this yeah. year. He's got a two-to-one ratio when it comes to catches to touchdowns. Been probably the best receiving threat in all of college football this year. Uh, something I do want to see from the Gators, though, uh, in this game is the ability to run the ball more. Only one rusher on the team with over 100 uh, yards on the ground. I mean, as well as well, they've been throwing the ball. Against as we move on throughout the seasons against these better teams, you're gonna have to be able to run the ball as well. So, look for the Gators to maybe establish the run more uh, throughout this game. But I think they definitely cover that six and a half point spread and uh, beat Texas a and pretty big, as you were saying. Our fourth game is 14th ranked Tennessee going on the road to number three Georgia. What are your thoughts here, Joe? I think this could be a very good game because I think you know. I know people for years have been saying, oh, Tennessee's back. You know, Tennessee's going to be competing for an SEC title. I don't think they're there yet. I think they're definitely the third best team in the East behind Georgia and Florida. But, when, you know, it's tough for Tennessee when you have two of the top four teams in your division. And, you know, they're going up against one of them this week. And I think Georgia's going to win this game. But I think the spread on ESPN says it's currently at 12.5. I think Tennessee's going to cover that spread. But I think uh, Georgia's going to win because I'm curious to see if JT Daniels is going to start or they're going to stick with uh, Stetson. Is that his name? Stetson Bennett? Yes, yeah, Stetson like Bennett. That. He started for them last week against last week against uh, Auburn. They, you know, they beat Wolfed the crap out of Auburn. Yeah, and then early on they struggled against Arkansas, but once they put Bennett in, they ended up you know rolling you know and pulling away with it and ended up winning 37-10. But uh, this is definitely you know another one of those games. I feel like I'm say- I've been saying this a lot. We're gonna see how legit both of these teams are because with COVID, it's been kind of tough to get a real gauge. Like Tennessee's only played South Carolina and Missouri, and they only beat South Carolina by four. And if they're you know as good as they say they are, they should have beaten Missouri more than thirty-five twelve. Like that's a game. You know, like Bama beat was up like thirty-five nothing, and they put in the backups. Like that's a game you should you know dominate. And then Georgia obviously destroyed Auburn last week, who some people were saying. Auburn had one of the best defenses in the country, but they clearly didn't look like it. Yeah, I think this is one of the games I'm actually going to pick against you here. I'm going to pick Tennessee in this one with the upset. Uh, long as Kirby Smart's been the coach of Georgia, it feels like they've had a lot of uh, go-to weapons on offense, whether it's been Sony Michelle, DeAndre Swift. Uh, some names are escaping me, but they've always had a, a lot of elite weapons, and it seems that they seem to be lacking that this year. Uh, and this Tennessee bunch has been, ever since the second half of last season, has been on fire, uh, has gotten out to a good start so far this season. Two very two teams with very good defenses, uh, pretty balanced offenses as well. Uh, I'm just going to have go with a gut feeling in this one and say Tennessee surprised some people and uh, proves that Georgia isn't a very – Elite team this year is still going to be a very good team in the SEC, but not one competing for a national title. And Tennessee makes a big jump into the top 10 for becomes a powerhouse program again for the first time in uh, several years. So 
I'm going to take the Volunteers over the Dogs in this one. And then our last game of the week, the primetime matchup of the number 7 Miami Hurricanes going to uh, Columbia. Do they play in Columbia, Clemson? No, they actually play in Clemson. Like Okay, Clemson <laughs> down to Clemson to play the Clemson Tigers, number one ranked team in the country. Uh, as of right now, Clemson's a whopping two-touchdown favorite, 14 points over uh, Miami. So last game of the of the week, Joe, who do you got? I think Clemson's going to win, but I, once again, I feel like it's a big spread. Like uh, 14 points, I think, is a little bit disrespectful in some ways to Miami. I think Miami's good. I think they'll cover that spread, but once again, I, you know, my favorite phrase of this podcast would seem like, now we'll really get to see how good Miami is because so far they're 3-0. They've beaten UAB, Louisville, and Florida State. Florida State's god-awful. They won mm-hmm. that game 52-10, but that doesn't really matter. Louisville is underperforming so far. They won that game 47-34 on the road when Louisville at the time was ranked 18th, but Louisville so far has shown they're kind of underperforming. UAB is UAB. And then Clemson, too, they've been you know sleepwalking through all their games because they haven't really gotten tested yet. Wake Forest... Not a good team. They beat them week one by 24. The Citadel stinks. They beat them 49 <laughs> nothing. Virginia, they beat 41-23. But in, the, in that Virginia game, I believe they allowed like 400 yards to Virginia. So this is definitely going to be the week where Clemson, I think, is just going to kind of, you know, flex their muscles and show like, okay, you know, there's a reason why we're the number one team in the country. They're going to win. Trevor Lawrence is going to have a great game. He hasn't thrown an interception yet. Neither has Derek King. But... I think this is going to be a game Clemson will win, but I don't think they're going to cover the 14-point spread. I think it's going to be by 10 to 13, but I don't think it's going to be 14 or more. Yeah, I like Clemson here as well. Uh, I, I think into the 7 to 10 range, though. I just don't think you you can pick against Trevor Lawrence until he loses a regular season game. He's only lost one game in his uh, college career so far, and that was the national title game last year too. One of the best college teams we've ever seen in LSU. Uh, and it always seems like Clemson has just a bevy of offensive weapons. You got Travis Etienne at running back, probably going to be uh, a first-round pick in the draft this year. His go-to target, uh, Lawrence's go-to target in the passing game this year, Amari Rogers, off to a good start, averaging 17.2 yards a catch, uh, 206 yards in the season with three touchdowns. They just got a bunch of guys they can spread the ball out to in the passing game and always have a good assortment of pass rushers coming off the edge that will need to keep contain on King as he's one of the best running quarterbacks in the in the country. Uh I think it'll that's what the game will come down to. If the Miami or if the Clemson pass rush is able to contain King, uh keep him in the pocket and get a bunch of sacks on him, that'll really slow down the offense that Miami has uh going for them right now. It's really a bunch of King read option, uh, King running around, making plays with his feet, uh, extending plays with his arm and using his arm to throw down field. So I like Clemson, seven to ten points here, spread the ball out to all their weapons, ETN, make some uh, some big runs and the Clemson pass rush to contain King in this one. So that'll do it for our picks of the week. Uh, thanks again for listening to Beef Up Front. Any last second comments before we head out, Joe? Just uh, remember, you know, keep Beef Up Front. Mm -hmm. And uh, let's have a good weekend. All right.